Welcome to the iCrush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. In this episode, I chat with my buddy Logan Sandoval of Zeph Barbecue in Simi Valley. Logan is a chef with extensive knowledge in the culinary world, but he's the new kid on the block when it comes to barbecue. In a short period of time, this self-taught barbecue cook has molded his chef experience and his cultural influences to create some incredible barbecue fusions. I was blown away when I went to visit him at a pop-up on a residential street in Simi Valley. It was just a few months ago, and apparently some big food writers are taking notice as well. This is a story of a family man that's doing what he needs to do to survive, and now it's paying off. This is only the beginning of the story. I hope you enjoy the show. This is Zeph Barbecue. Okay, today uh, is a long-awaited uh, podcast uh, with Mr. Logan Sandoval of Zeph Barbecue. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you using the, the actual name and not like Zeph Hawaiian or <laughs> the Instagram <laughs> Zeph Barbecue. And everyone Zeph? needs to know Zeph is all capitals. Yes, yes. <laughs> all capitals. But and no. we'll get into the name here in a little bit, which is pretty cool and interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I, uh, have been watching you online for a while and, uh, got to meet you a couple of times yeah. and I'm like, man, I have to get out there and try your food. And I did, uh, just a few months ago and it, it, uh, it was fantastic. So I, I couldn't wait to get you on. So yeah, thank you. That kind of stuff means a lot to me. Cause like people like you, I mean, you've been doing this a while and you know what good barbecue tastes like. So compliments like that coming from you and you know a lot of the other big cats is it's it, it makes me know that i'm doing the right thing <laughs> yes sir yes sir absolutely absolutely so i tell you what let's just let's just jump right in um tell us first of all tell us a little bit about yourself i've read some of your story i think it's so cool i'm happy to get it out there so let, let's go back to where you're from kind of where you grew up yeah man, i appreciate that so i um, was born up north in Northern California, um, in Ukiah, which is in Mendocino Cali County. And then I was very, very, very tiny. I think I was still in diapers. We moved down here to Simi Valley. And that's basically where I, I grew up. You know, my mom raised my brother and I here. Um, yeah, like Simi Valley was my home for the first, like, 21, 22 years of my life. So it's 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 been crazy to come back here. And then... You know, did the old school thing. I went through all my schooling and I wrestled in high school and I was all American my senior year and I was just getting into a lot of trouble and I just really wasn't taking stuff a lot seriously. Um, and then I went to Cal State Fullerton for very, very briefly um, on a half ride scholarship for wrestling and then they pulled the program. And so no scholarship, no education. And so came back to see me, didn't really know what I was doing in my life, tried the MMA game for a little bit. Got my ass kicked a couple of times and just wasn't going. It just wasn't the path for me. And then um, I started culinary school because I was working at a local restaurant called Cronies, which is still here. Um, that was my first ever cooking job. My mom was a bartender. And so she got me the job. And as I was working for them, I was going to culinary school. And then I did a couple stints at Providence and Malise. Um, I wasn't a chef there or anything. I was very like a line cook. I did a lot of the amuses i did a lot of the garmage just like grunt work staging working for free and then i got picked up by hyatt um while I was still in culinary school i was 19 20, just turned 20 maybe um and i started working for them and did really well and it was the first time that i was ever like in a professional kitchen and given responsibility and kind of like but also too you know it went from like tweezers and foams to like hot dogs and hamburgers so it was like it was it was a little jarring, but it was the right step because the pay was better, the benefits were better. And then I just slowly grew with Hyatt and moved from here in Simi Valley to Columbus, Ohio, where I did my corporate management training program with Hyatt. Went from Hyatt, or went from Columbus to Kentucky at Louisville for my first sous chef position at 23 that I had no right having. I, I fucked. I, I, I fucked up so much shit and I was just not, I just wasn't making right decisions and stuff. 
and then um, I worked a little bit in Key West and a little bit in um, back in, in Cincinnati. And then my wife got pregnant before she was my wife. And so we kind of like racked our brains what we were going to do if we we're going to stay in Kentucky before we we're going to move to Ohio because she's originally from Columbus, Ohio. And so there was a job opening that came available in Monterey, California. So packed up our little family, Nalani, our daughter. She's five now, but at the time she was like nine months old. P packed everything up and, you know, scooted across the country back to Monterey. And then the hotel sold. So we moved from Monterey down to San Diego. And then that kitchen space sold. I oversaw a sushi restaurant there. Went from San Diego to Chicago. Worked in the Hyatt Regency Chicago, which is the biggest hotel in Chicago. Um, 2,300 rooms, quarter million square feet of banquet space. Just like, just... I'm telling you, like, I just pump in fucking numbers, just like thousands <laughs> and thousands of plates. And it was all trash, too. It was it was all garbage, uh, which kind of sucked. But when we were in Chicago, that's when I kind of like started doing barbecue, like as like a hobby and like for fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a little, you know, char griller offset like everyone has. It's still sitting in my backyard. It's like that. I don't even know. I don't even know if it's 50 gallons, to be honest. Like, I think it's I think that's what they say it is. But I'm I don't know. <laughs> and so, you know, did the normal stuff. Like I was a chef, so like I knew how to cook, but I had never worked with, you know, live fire and stuff like that. So I just started playing with stuff and started doing ribs like everyone else does, cooking with, you know, super white acrid smoke like everyone else does, like in, in the beginning. And then um, these guys from Schmiel, which is like a home kind of like cooking pickup kind of deal, they picked me up and I started cooking for them on the side. And I just started pumping out pork belly and ribs. And like, I finally did my first brisket in like June. Yeah, June of 2019, I cooked my first brisket. And it was trash, dude. I look at pictures, <laughs> like, dude, I look back and I look at pictures, I'm like, what the fuck was I, like, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, and then, so we did that and the summers were, like, if you've never seen a Chicago summer or Chicago spring, I highly suggest it because the city opens up and like, there's backyard part. I mean, it might be a little bit different now because post COVID and stuff, but a lot of backyard parties, a lot of hangouts. Like it was, it was a really good time. Um, but yeah, I just started cooking for like the backyard people and stuff. And then I got a pretty big bump in promotion and money to go back to Monterey, which was owned by a new management company um, as executive sous chef. And so we moved back in December of to the, let's see if I get this right. We moved back in, in December 2019. And so when you move with Hyatt, you're allowed, depending on your position, you can live in the hotel up to a certain amount of time while you look for new housing in your new spot. And so mine got bumped past a little bit because right after I got there, um, labor was a little tight. So I got shipped down to San Diego for a month to help, oh, it's called Task Force, to help open up a Pan-Asian restaurant. Um, mm -hmm. And so while I was in Monterey, look, scoot back a little bit, but like when I was in Monterey, I would push really hard for that like month and a half, two months that I was there to like implement a barbecue program at the sports bar there. And no one bought it, man. No, like, dude, no one wanted barbecue in Monterey. It blew my mind. And I just, I just kind of just like, it was a lot of practice and it was really good. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I went down to, to help open up this restaurant in San Diego and the executive chef there had called me in the office. It was my last week. And he was like, we're sending you home. And I was just like, did I do something wrong? Did I, cause I, like, I wasn't like mean to anybody or anything, but I was, I was always an aggressive chef. And I was like, did I mess up or something? They're like, no, there's this like, there's this like sickness going on right now. And people are like, cause this is like in the beginning when it was just like barely COVID, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. This was like late February, 2020. Jeez. And so, yeah, I should have I said that before. <laughs> that would have made more sense. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so like, they were like, yeah, like we're sending you back. We can't afford you right now. Um, and shit, dude, just like, like, just like everyone else in, you know, basically the world from, mm -hmm. you know, February, that last week of February to the middle of March, like society collapsed. It was like the walking dead for, for three, four weeks. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just, it was crazy, man. And so like, I was talking to a chef down there and like, dude, it was just cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. And you got to think this is Paradise Point down in San Diego, big property, um, bungalow rooms. It's right there on the water. There, there's a lot of like higher echelon kind of um, 
business like business parties, business business meetings. Like Amgen would come in. I don't know if I'm gonna say that, but like Amgen would come in. Like Apple would come in. Um, and this was for a lot of the Hyatts, and that's what kind of like dialed my cooking style with you know staging at these Michelin star restaurants. Because when I was living in Chicago, I was still working on the weekends for free at like Michelin star restaurants to just keep myself sharp um because mm-hmm. i was doing all that shitty like mass production food um but yeah man so that last week of february i went back to monterey and like four days after i got back my wife got laid off and we we're like well shit, this is getting pretty serious but like I'm, i was the breadwinner um and then like two like a week and a half almost two weeks later i get the call and I get laid off. And because I was a new hire for a different management company that wasn't Hyatt, I wasn't protected. I'd given up all my PTO. I'd given up all my stuff to like move companies. So I think I had like three days of vacation time saved up in the, in the three months I had been there. I got nothing. Jeez. And so on top of that, we were living in the hotel because we had just moved back. And so all of our shit was still like in storage. So like we were living out of like three suitcases and I mean, it's not very close, but like, you know, like you live here in California. Um, so my parents lived here and see me and literally the world was imploding. So like my parents were like, hey, why don't you move in with us for a bit? And they were like, yeah, you know, we can hang out like it's family time. Nothing's open, blah, blah, blah. And literally on like the, the, the I took a train back from Monterey because my wife was already down here. Mm-hmm. My buddies were like, hey, like, why don't you try to sell barbecue as like curbside pickup? and see me and I was like nah man like you know no one's gonna fucking buy it like it's just like I'm tired like blah 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 and they just <laughs> and they basically like coerced me into it <laughs> so, so before we get into that you know a lot of times I do a lot of these interviews and the person that I'm interviewing has zero experience in the in the culinary world Whereas you're, you're kind of the opposite. You're like, I have a shitload of culinary experience, but, um, you know, the barbecue is something that kind of came along afterwards. Um, I, I did, I thought you were going to go into kind of also a little bit of the stories of, uh, of you cooking whenever the Cubs games were going on. I have been to Chicago, um, been to several of the Cubs games, um, and it's just beautiful out there, but I thought that was cool whenever, I was reading about it, reading about you. My, a my, bit. my back alleyway dealings. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that. No, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, man. A big, I mean, the, and dude, let me preface for every, for you and everyone listening. Like these briskets were shit, like legit. Like I still think that <laughs> shit because I'm just like, I try to be better every day, but like back then they were like really shit. But, uh, <laughs> before I got linked up with these, uh, with the Schmiel guys and, and was selling like off their app and stuff. I would, dude, I was literally just like cooking a brisket. Uh, yeah, like a brisket and like two racks of ribs. And so we lived in what's called like Ravenswood in North, on the north side of Chicago. And so we were about six blocks from Wrigleyville where um, the Cubs play. Like we could, we when there was concerts at Wrigley Field, we could hear them in our backyard. That's how close That's we were. So cool. So, dude, we when we lucked out on the spot, it was awesome. It was big. It was warm in the winter. It was cool in the in the summer. So it was it was just we really really lucked out with our spot. Um, but yeah, so like I started cooking for like the neighbors and stuff, and like for the people that lived above us and the people that lived below us. And I shit you not, I was out back and I was doing my thing, and these like you have when you. When you park for a Cubs game, like sometimes you have to park like two, three, four blocks away. Like sometimes even like a mile because they don't have like a parking garage down there because it's an old part of Chicago. So literally places like you have to buy a a Cubs permit, but you you still have to walk a quarter of a mile. It's just it's it's crazy. And I shit you not, there was a there was a couple dudes who were walking to the Cubs games. You know how like everyone jokes like, oh, when you know when's dinner gonna be ready. And I was like, after the Cubs games, come back by and I'll, and I'll sell you some. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like laughing. Like I thought I was I thought they were like full of shit. They came back, though. Wow. And, and so I sold them like a five dollar box of like, I think it was like three pounds of brisket. <laughs> like I was just like, yeah, dude, like here. Because I was just doing it to do. It. I mean, in my family, there's only three of us. I can't eat all that. And so mm-hmm. during the Cubs games, if I had the day off and I wasn't working at Stoneflower, 
I would literally like roll my little fucking char griller into the alleyway. I would burn some like acrid white smoke and people would like peek down and they'd be like, are you, are you selling anything? Like, yeah, dude, brisket box for five bucks, you know, a dollar a rib and people just started buying shit. I mean, given like at the time I was like, wow, this is like, I'd feed like maybe like 10 or 15 people. Now we're feeding, <laughs> feeding so much more. But at the time I was like, this is cool. And, you know, I'd just be back there in like my slippers and like a tank top, just like, <laughs> built up, like bullshit, you know, <laughs> with fucking, uh, with, uh, Stubbs barbecue or like, you know, stuff I had just like thrown together. It was, it was crazy, man. But it gave me a lot of practice though. It set, it set me up really well for the, the, the disaster that COVID was. <laughs> for yeah. some reason, for some reason, when I think of, of Zeph barbecue or, or Logan Sandoval, I think of tank tops and flip flops. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's well, I mean, we're, we're better now because we have kitchen space. We're all permitted up. I'm working yeah. with the city on the cookers and stuff. But like, dude, when we were like, when we were in the trenches, when we were in the gutter, dude, I gave no fuck. I was just like, dude, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, I've been putting on stuffy, like, like stiff chef coats for the past 10 years of my life. I'm gonna wear a headband and dude, I let my beard grow freaking wild. Like my hair is crazy. Like, <laughs> dude, you like I'm like feral now and I love it. <laughs> yeah, you you can if for you guys and and we'll probably post some pictures of the clean cut Logan. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they exist I, out there. Um, I have a specific <laughs> picture in my head that I'll send to you because it was like my last like Hyatt picture and I saw it probably like a, like three weeks ago and it was only like a year and a half like almost. No, more than that now. It's probably like two and a half years ago. Like right like the summer before COVID when I was still in Chicago. And I was like, who who is that? <laughs> like, who is this fucking dude? I like <laughs> I just look completely different now, which is Yeah. Hard. All right. So, so you um so you went around, you did a lot of this a lot of this culinary work all over the place, and now you're back at home, you're at Simi Valley, um yeah. COVID's COVID's hitting um kind of out of necessity you start this barbecue business out of uh out of the garage it's, it's you and your yeah uh, yeah it's you and your it's you and your wife that are just like diving into this all right so so how does this all happen let's let's kind of get into this man so like yeah i'm gonna try, i'll try to keep it tight because it's just like i said i get off on tangents and <laughs> i think i kept like the pre like the lead up to barbecue pretty short. Um, I think that's the shortest I've ever done it, but um, <laughs> yeah, man. So took the train home. My homies, shout out Aaron, Aaron Stosh, Cameron and Jared and Shane for like forcing me to do barbecue. It was the best decision I ever made. And I also kind of lucked out too, because the week before I moved back down here in totality, um, I had just won supermarket stakeout on Food Network and it just aired. So like there's obviously moving back to my hometown. Um, there's a lot of people that I'm friends with on Facebook, my my parents' friends, my friends' friends. I don't go on Facebook anymore because it's a cesspool, but back in the day, that was like my main way of making income. And so it, I basically put it up as like, you know, y'all have been asking me to come back to see me and cook for the past 10 years. So I'm back. So I like, come by it. And dude, I shit you not. Like I didn't think. We were working off of Google Forms and like a shitty like Squarespace site, right? And I was like, no one's gonna buy shit. You know, and I was pushing on Instagram, pushing on Facebook, and you know, the the Simi Valley foodies and the you know, Simi Valley moms. I was just really pushing it leading up to like the drop. And dude, we posted the menu and uh, opened up the Google Forms and dude, we sold out in like 15 minutes. Given, given, given. It was only like like 35 orders, and it was, I think, like four brisket like one pork butt and like three racks of ribs and like i think like maybe 25 chicken quarters but like dude it all sold out in 15 minutes i was like hold like holy shit yeah because it's a risk right you don't want to you don't want to cook all this uh, a whole ton of food and risk not selling it so that's the and that's the kind of thing too that we built our business model around right Mm -hmm. the fact that like giving my Hyatt training, I wasn't just going to throw it out. And I also know from my Hyatt training how nefarious the health department can be to pop-ups, right? And mm -hmm. so I built the business model around, one, hiding from the health department, 
and two, making sure I didn't waste anything. So mm -hmm. it's kind of effed me in the A a couple times over the past year and a half where all the orders will come in, I'll make my prep list and then I'll go buy stuff. But then like restaurant, restaurant Depot won't have, you know, um, like chopped collard greens or like restaurant Depot won't have like the plate ribs that I use every weekend. And so that I have to drive all the way to freaking Crenshaw. So it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of a dice roll, but it's helped us in the long run. Cause one, the last thing I want to do is waste food. And two, I just, I want to get every, and especially at the time, man, like I wanted to get every penny out of every one of my dollars. Cause dude, we were like, we had savings, but we didn't have enough, man. And we were living with my folks again. I was like, I'm a 30 year old man with, you know, a wife and a four year old kid. And I have to move back in with my folks. Like it was really like, it was very, very humbling. Yeah. You know? And so we ended up living with them for almost six months. And we did the first three cooks out of my dad's garage. And then my dad was like, yeah, you're fucking out of your mind. Stop. <laughs> and so like, and so like I scrambled and then my buddy let me cook out of his, um, his, uh, house for, I think it was like five weeks. And then we moved to another house and cooked out there for four weeks. And then we went to a bookstore warehouse, cooked out that parking lot. Did a couple breweries, did a couple, um, I cooked, we cooked off of a food truck one weekend just because it was available. Like I, we literally just like hustled for every single penny and just like tried really hard because after that Eater article dropped, man, there was a lot of, I, well, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, it, I, I just, I love hearing all of these, <clears throat> all of these, you know, all of these moves that you're making, because you're just hustling, like you said, you're just making all these hustle moves. But yeah, man, let, definitely let's get up to that. Uh, uh, I don't know if you're ready for it, but let's talk a little bit about your accolades and kind of what pushed you guys a little further. Yeah, man. I mean, and we that year because we we our first cook, I'll always have it like tattooed in the back of my head. It was April fourth, two thousand twenty. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of fell into the curbside pickup because that's what everyone else we actually kind of like beat a lot of people to it and no bullshit man like we were very fortunate to start doing what we're doing and specifically barbecue at the time it happened like i feel really bad saying it and it and it kind of upsets me a lot of times because a lot of my friends a lot of my colleagues a lot of people that i've known for a very long time um still have not gone back to work or have switched gears and have gone on to you know different avenues of careers like one of my best friends from chicago i mean she she was a garbage chef which she worked like basically like opposite of me but she was like the homie she was my age and she was laid off for almost a year and a half so it's like a lot of people didn't make didn't 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 flourish like we did you know what i mean yeah but it was also because like ann and i we buckled down and we bit down we were like I'm not going to take this shit laying down. I like, I need to make money. And I went into that full blown, like dad panic mode where I was like, I don't have, like, I don't, I don't have a roof over my wife and my kid's head. Like I'm not making money right now We're I've been making money consistently and at a, at a pretty good pace for, you know, the past 10 years of my life. So it was like, it was really like shaking. And I'm one of those type of people where I pour a lot of myself into my work because i'm passionate about it and because i really enjoy cooking and so when i lost my job it was kind of like losing a big part of like my self-identity it, it was weird man it was like a weird place in my life where it's just like i didn't really know what i was doing or who i was or like you know because i'd been defined by my work and working at such a high level for such a long time and so it was, it was tough and so when we moved back it's like you can't come back to a place like Sydney valley and sell 14 course tasting menus <laughs> you know like and like everyone was doing a smash burger and everyone's done tacos, but I was like, I know how to cook. I know how to do things. You know, what's going to be like a big profit? Like what's going to be a big, you know, what's going to make us like real money, you know, and barbecue. I mean, if you do it correctly and you're smart about it, it can be very lucrative. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of attention to detail, but it can do great things for people. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing the barbecue and, you know, the first week we th sold 35 orders. The second week we sold, you know, 37. The third week it was, it was 40. Um, and we had a really good pace during the summer. And it was such a weird, it was like the wild, wild west, right? Because, like, every chef was doing a pop-up. And, you know, like, all the kitchens were closed. And, like, they were reopening. And then you had to wear a mask. And then you, you couldn't wear a mask. And then, you know, you could eat inside, but you couldn't eat outside. And, like, L.A. was a, just a clusterfuck, man. 
Mm-hmm. So it was like it was pretty crazy, um, and it was just like a, a like a wild time. And so we just kept doing, it. and then we hit like the winter time, and business really really dropped because it's just winter, and especially during the pandemic and stuff. Um, and like there was weekends where we were making in profit like like three or four hundred bucks, and like Ann and I were really really looking at each other and is this like what we want to do? Is this working? Is this like worth it? You know, because we were just we were just renting the cooker at the time. Um, we were piecing it together every weekend, pulling all the tents, all the pop-up tables, all the cambros, all the coolers out to our spot, serving, breaking everything down. And like, I'm one of those type of people where I'm really about like cutting fresh and like cutting to order. I mean, you, you saw us like out in the heat in, <laughs> in some dude's front yard when you came to pick up. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I'm really like, I'm really focused on that kind of stuff. And so it's just, it's hard. And we were just like, shit. And I do no bullshit man like two or three days later freaking farley elliott kind of like slid in the dms and he was like hey man like i really like what you're doing and he had just written a a really really beautiful article about obiq which i was Mm -hmm. like i shit you not man like it was like putting something out in the universe where i read it and then i went like i i showed my wife and i was like this like how do we do this like how do we get this type of press like this article is just like drips with how badass like obvious like how do we how do we get this kind of like notoriety? And dude, Abe, I shit you not, like I went out to like I went out to smoke when I came back in, and I opened up my Instagram, and Farley was like, "Hey, stuff looks great. When can I come by?" And I was like, <laughs> "Like you, right now, you come right now." It was like, dude, it was like projecting something into the universe, and it like coming straight back to you. It was it was insane. It was it was wild. And so Farley came out, um, hung out for a day, and like watched our operation and watched what we do and stuff, and. He was like, food's great. You guys are great. Um, I'll give you a call in like a couple weeks and, you know, we'll see if we can do something. And so, dude, it was the holidays and it was COVID. So we didn't hear back from him until like the very, very end of like December. And like I told Anna, I'm like, yeah, he probably was kind of sketch about it, like being in a garage and like, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, yeah, you're right. And so we just kept hustling. And then Farley had called me back just like randomly. He's like, hey, we want to do, you know, a piece on you guys. Is it cool if we come out and like, you know, shoot, we'll bring my photographer, we'll talk and stuff and we can get something. I was like, yeah, awesome, man. And so he came out. Um, yeah, man, we we set it up and we served some food and we had a lot of fun and took pictures. And for, for the record, f- shout out Farley and, and Juan Ho. He, like, they're just good people. Like the first thing that like when they came to our garage, it's the same thing we do with everybody. It's like, hey, you want a beer? And it, everyone gets beers as a barbecue. And so <laughs> they hung out and it was really cool. And dude, no bullshit. Like I thought it was just gonna be like, you know, how Eater does like one of the best things I've eaten this week, or like one of the best, you know, dishes. I thought it was gonna be like, dude, like I thought it was gonna be like a smidge blurb about like Zep barbecue and what we're doing and where we're coming from. Dude, when that shit, <laughs> when that shit dropped, man, <laughs> dude, I I cried so hard because I'd worked so hard for so long for other people and for other companies and stuff, and like to like be called one of the best, not just like best new barbecue, because I really don't think, honestly, I don't think we're, we're anywhere near close to being the best new barbecue, but being called one of the best new restaurants in California by someone like Farley, by a publication like Eater was just like, dude, I, I was shook, man. I was, I was, it was wild, dude. And you, like, we had like, like 15 minutes and all, dude, <laughs> dude, all of a sudden, the email is just fucking like, just like exploding and the DMs are just like exploding and we're jumping from, you know, 3000 followers to 4000 followers to 5000 followers. And it was just like all in one day. And it was just like, it was, it probably does a really good job of like being like, Hey, like, just letting you know, there's been people that like this kind of stuff has like broken them where dude, you could, you're doing this illegally. You could get shut down. You, you know, you could not be able to like, you know, keep up with business, you know, People might see you guys and really not be happy that some Asian kid in Simi Valley is trying to do traditional barbecue and has nothing to do with, you know, barbecue culture just because he started cooking brisket to eat. Like he was really, he was really good about walking us through and like warning us. But like, dude, it was overwhelming. And it was just like, it was so, it was so humbling. Like, don't get me wrong, it definitely put like a rocket in my pocket. And it definitely was just like, fuck, like, yeah, dude, like. I am like I am that guy. Like I am fucking doing this, you know? Like I like that's like that's so like beyond like assuring that you're doing the right thing. It's insane. 
Mm-hmm. And so it was just crazy, man. And then that weekend, it just so happened that we weren't doing barbecue. So, of course, that pissed people off. But we were doing smash burgers. <laughs> um, for, of course. Yeah, right. And for a while, um, we were doing the smash burgers and because I would just, I would save all my trim and then I would separate my fat from my lean and then I'd grind all the lean and then mix it with short rib. Shout out heavy handed for that. Um, and then that's what we'd make our smash burgers out of. And then I would render all the fat out of the fat. And then that's what we'd use to like fry our French fries in. And mm-hmm. then I made all of our, I still make all of our buns for our smash burgers from scratch, but then I sub out butter because butter is expensive. And I use beef tallow that we've rendered out. And like, everyone's like, oh, it's like, like, that's so fancy. That's so, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm broke. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I need my dollars, dog. I need every single dollar, dollar out of that brisket. Like, cause at the time I was like, brisket's at, I mean, I wish brisket was still at 415 a pound, but I was like, brisket's 415 and it's not, and it's not coming back down. So I need every single penny out of every single scrap of that meat. And it just worked out, man. And we released the orders and we were still using Google forms and it crashed the Google form. It was, dude, it was, it was insane. It was like, wow. and we ended like, <laughs> we ended up doing like 350 smash burgers that weekend. So it was just like, yes. so I just, and we had no staff at the time either. Cause it was just, it was just my cousin, me, um, a couple of my buddies, my wife. And so like I smashed 700 burgers myself and, you know, people ended up waiting an hour and a half for two hours for a fucking burger and it sucked. And it was really like, man, like the fame's great and like the recognition is awesome, but are we going to be able to keep up with this? Are we going to be able to handle the notoriety and like all that's fun and games and all that's great. But then the moment shit like starts boiling down and like the moment, like the shine kind of wears off. Now people are like looking for you to fuck up. Now people are like looking for you to drop the ball or do something stupid or, or something like that. And it, and it just never happened, man. That is the one big thing I will tell you about the barbecue community compared to like the fine dining or like hotel community. Every single person I've talked to in barbecue, whether it be you, whether it be Smoke Queen, who I was just, literally just talking to this morning, um, Danny Gordon from Flatpoint, you know, Rebecca from Bad Jew, Danny from Heritage, um, dude, Andrew from, like, there's too many to, like, mm-hmm. Bert, Bert Backman, you know, like, they've all been so, so nice. Like, when Bert Backman reached out and, like, asked for my phone number, I was like, one, why? And two... <laughs> I don't think I'm cool enough to like hang out with you. So it's just like, it was just wild, man. And because in like the fine dining world, like everyone's cut though and everyone's out to fucking get each other. And it sucks sometimes. So like- yeah, and for the record, there's very few people that are cool enough to hang out with uh, Bert Parkman. So uh, you got that right. Well, guess what? I've been <laughs> twice, so. <laughs> Good like, for I'm- you, man. That's I'm- awesome. I'm like on the third string of Bert's friends. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, hey, so a, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask a little bit, and you talked about um, a little bit about your culture. What, what, what is your culture, first of all? What are some of your influences? Because when I went to eat your food, I was, I was just blown away by all the diversity and just the flavors. And so, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I am half, I'm half white on my mama's side, and then I'm a quarter Japanese and a quarter Hawaiian. But fun fact twist, I never met my father. So I know him only by nothing. Like he dipped when I was really tiny. I have his name. I've never talked to him. I've never like really ever met him. But that's where my heritage comes from. And I mean, I didn't even find that out until I was 22. But that's where the name Zeph Hawaiian comes from. Because it's it's more of like, because it used to be my personal Instagram. And so it was more like a middle finger to him. But then on top of that, when I did find out, I started doing a lot of research into Asian fusion food, Asian culture food, Japanese food, Southeast Asian food, a lot of Thai food. Like I was really obsessed with those flavors and those ingredients because they were so bright. But having said that, my mom's second husband, where I get the last name Sandoval from, um, was Mexican. They're, They're divorced now. I haven't seen him in a lot of years, but I grew up with him kind of as my dad, and he came from a very, very, very hit, like Latino, Hispanic household family. And that's where I spent all my holidays. That's where like we used to stay. They lived out in Palmdale, mm-hmm. uh, where we stayed, you know, when my parents went on vacation and 
this, that. And like, I learned a lot of cooking from my step-grandmother, uh, Vivian. So she was Apache. And then my, my step-grandfather was Mexican. And so they were, were really influenced by heritage grains and masa and just like, really, I mean, I don't, I'm not Hispanic at all, but I owe a lot of my palate and a lot of my just like kind of just like like my exploratory like want like my want for knowledge of cuisine and food comes from my step grandparents. Does that make sense? I feel like that was yeah. Good. No, absolutely. Because like even though I look it and like my last name sound, I don't have a drop of Hispanic blood in <laughs> my body, you know. But I grew up eating Hispanic food and living in that culture you know what i mean so and yeah. like, i don't know, gentrify anything or like say that like you know i'm the next next mexican that's coming out of california but you know <laughs> like that's just how it kind of was um now oh, man you you could definitely tell on the flavors i mean one thing that i did and i'll tell you a little bit about my experience i don't know if if I told you afterwards, but once, you know, I drove up to Simi Valley to, to go have your food and it was about a two hour drive there and back. God um, bless you, man. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I picked up my food. First of all, you know, you, you drive up and you're in line in your car and then, you know, they just bring, you know, you, you pull up and they load it into your car and you're ready to roll. Um, so I wanted to get the full experience I wanted to, you know, if, if I'm going to drive two hours, I don't want to get home in two hours and then try the food and it's cold, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I pulled into a little gas station um, right down the street after I picked up my food. I said, I, I got to try it. You know, <laughs> one, I was starving. And another, it was like, I just, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to try, right. to try the food. And I think I got a little bit of everything. Um, that day and uh man box after box that i was opening up and trying i was just like holy shit this is so good you know i mean from the turkey to the, the you know what really blew me away was that um that beef rib that you had um on top of the rice that was like cut into perfect yeah uh, that's well, I'm I, I'm pretty sure the Dino Bone Curry is what got us into eater. I'm oh my god, that uh, and the way you had it sliced was like perfect. You know, there's no bone to mess with, and it was just and no excessive fat or anything on there. And then just that uh, the curry sauce that you threw on top that was yeah. oh, oh my god, dude. I was like, holy, you know, and and I'm sure that's. The Farley Elliott had that moment, you know, and, and I know a lot of these guys, I'm by no means a food critic or, or a food writer or anything like that, but I'm sure, <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, they have those aha moments that just kind of blow. And, and that's what I want. That's what happened to me whenever I ate it at your place. And I'm like, where the hell did this guy come from? First of all, like I moved here in, in 2017 and, uh, you know, I thought I, I had uh, uncovered a lot of these uh, great barbecue joints, and I did, right? But I'm like, who the heck is this guy, you know? Oh, dude, I'm, not, I'm not young. Like, <laughs> I mean, Danny Gordon's younger than I am, which is crazy at Flatpoint. And he's, I think, way more talented than I am. But I, like, I'm kind of like the new – I was like the new kid, man. And, like, I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. It was really intimidating in the beginning, and especially, mm -hmm. like, we started be like getting talked to and like invited to things and like, like I mean the first time I met you face to face was at um, Koi Barbecue and Heritage Barbecue down at um, Heritage in San Juan Capistrano, yep. and I I mean Danny's dude Danny Castillo is just like bro like he's kind of like the epitome right now of what we're all kind of like strive for like Andrew's up and running in L.A. at Moosecraft and we've been there and, and it's been fantastic but. That was like the first because I like I'm not gonna lie to you and like don't tell anybody, but I've never had barbecue like in Texas. Like I've never even like been to Texas other than the airport. Yeah, and that and that's that's <laughs> a, that's incredible, right? Like, but like I just me, feel like I get imposter syndrome, man. Where it's just like people are like, oh, it's like yeah. barbecue, I'm just like bro, like I'm just dude, I'm just this Asian kid just trying to make good food, dog. Like, so no, for I, me, for me being a Texan, born and raised, um. It's such a, it's a proud, proud moment for me, you know, like 
when I moved out here and I saw these people paying homage to Texas barbecue, um, it I, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. I think it's so cool that there's people out here in California that are are even taking it to another level out here, you know. And some folks like yourself that have never even been there or tried, you know, Texas barbecue firsthand, but you're throwing your spin on stuff and and it's just it's it's incredible to me. I, I, I people like you and and all the ones that you mentioned, Danny Gordon, that guy's that guy's a Killer. a beast. That guy's yeah. awesome too. Yeah, I can't him. wait to get him on the show. I've been trying to get him on and we just haven't been able to coordinate, but I will. But yeah, he, um, he's a gem, man. He, I have a, a cannoli from him for him and for from Boston in my freezer that he needs to pick up. Dude, I had <laughs> half of it, like half of his equipment in my garage for like probably like four months because, like, dude, I was bar like, dude, when we started blowing up, I was borrowing stuff like from everyone because all of a sudden we went from doing you know six seven briskets to like now I'm doing like thirty briskets. It's like I'm I'm turning the cooker twice in one cook like that fire in that firebox is literally running for 24 hours like i'm switching out buckets because we have to get all the briskets on those start shrinking up it makes room for other stuff and then we have to put pork belly on we have to put ribs on like there was a lot of brutal cooks in the beginning (laughs) i I use the 500 meadow creek which i'm kind of outgrow i mean outgrowing in space yes but i think just outgrowing kind of like in technique there's a lot more stuff that i wish was a little bit more specific on it like don't get me wrong like shout out metal creek and shout out barbecue hq for letting me rent it and stuff but the reverse flow is kind of it's weird man and i've cooked off of um jay from barbacoa boys fat stack Mm -hmm. we have dual 750 fat stack on order um that should be done early next year um because i it's just i need the space to keep up and mm-hmm. I need like I need insulation. I need clean fire. I need uh, a firebox that isn't going to smolder on me, and a, and a, and a stack that's going to pull the combustion. You know, so it's like we're just outgrowing it, and we've done a lot to tweak. Like I have two water pans in there because it needs it. Um, there there is three racks, which is like weird, which I thought was normal in the beginning, and now I know it's weird. Um, I also know <laughs> reverse. I'm one of the only ones using reverse flow like ever. <laughs> I feel like that. <laughs> Um, but now we're cooking off of a 500 and a Meadow Creek 250. So we, we space it out. We burn way too much wood. Um, the wind in Simi Valley has been brutal. So we just, we piss through wood. It, it spikes the temperature, it drops it. It's just, it's, it's been a task, but once we get the, the 750s out and running, we have kitchen space now that I prep out of. Um, yeah, man, we're just expanding and growing and like I said, like shout out Danny Gordon because like I was using both his deep fryers like every weekend for you know like four months, and then he was opening heavy handed, and it just dude, we've all like grown and we've all been pushing, and like I've made so many cool friends, and just like dude, when I met Don, Win from Koi Barbecue in at, at Heritage this summer, mm-hmm. I mean it was dude for me it was like it was like meeting like Leonardo DiCaprio, it was like <laughs> before. Honestly, before anyone else, Koi was such an inspiration because they were using the flavors that I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. They were doing food that I wanted to do that Simi Valley wouldn't let me do yet. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where, where they were doing, you know, beef cheeks with curry and like, you know, hot pot chicken and like stuff like like true blue, like Asian technical traditional dishes. But like Simi Valley's not built for that. So that was like the blessing that came from... And I mean, don't get me wrong, leading up to the ear article, we had been out there a little bit and like people had picked up on us from the valley and a couple people from LA. But Eater obviously is what really like put us on the map. Cause last year for for Christmas, instead of doing like because like I like doing weird shit and I just like I like pushing myself and I like being creative. And so I wanted to do like something like traditional for Christmas, but like no one's gonna buy a roasted goose, right? Like I want to do something like weird from like back in the day, and I'm like, fuck dude, like let's do a picking duck. But like let's do a picking duck where let's you know do it in the smoker somehow and so we did the picking i mean i only sold like six of them which like looking back i'd have to like do like way too many now but man it was a dish that i was just really really like proud of and like something that really really pushed us and it was like i felt was really creative and really like chef driven because like dude like (laughs) i'd be out there with you know in the garage 
with a bike pump and like my wife would come out, I'd sharpen the bike bike pump so it would go underneath the duck skin. And like we'd put the bike pump underneath the duck skin and pump it up with to separate the skin from the flesh and then hang them in the garage to dry over, you know, fans with ice buckets behind them. <laughs> because it's like that's the tra- oh that's the traditional way to do it, you know? And so so it was like and I learned the the bike bike pump technique in Chicago from from a Chinese guy. So it was like, how do we take these techniques and and not just take the techniques and execute them, but like execute them at a high level. And how do we take these techniques and um, educate our community on different cultures? And I I don't know if you know a lot about Simi Valley, but back, dude, leading up to election last year, man, those Trump flags flew flew high. And so (laughs) to try weird ethnic food out here is is really tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if you give them the information, if you educate them on it, and once you gain their trust through the brisket, the dino bones, the pulled pork, all the barbecue stuff, you can introduce them to something like hung shao ro, or you can introduce them to scallion pancakes with Peking duck, or you can introduce them to, you know, a Singaporean curry, it, like stuff like that. You know, like I call barbecue our gateway drug into like the cool shit. <laughs> so like that I, is awesome. I love that. So I can't like I can't tell you how many people like we did um Kam Dao Chang. I, I, I got to look at it and I, I fucking hate myself for butchering it, but it's a Vietnamese fish sauce caramel chicken wing. And there were so many people that picked them up on Saturday and Sunday this week that were like, I would have never tried this anywhere else. But because like everything I've had from you has been good, I will take the leap of faith and I'll spend, you know, $10 on this, this fried chicken. And like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm just like, hell yeah, man. Like if I can teach people about different cultures and if I can teach people about it doesn't have to be a hamburger. And like brisket will always have its place in my heart. Like brisket is literally what pays my bills right now. But if I can sneak a couple bowls of curry or I can sneak in, you know, you know, if I can sneak in a uh, like a, a, a Hong Shao Rao sandwich, but just rename it pork belly sandwich. I feel like I'm doing a little bit of greater good for barbecue as a whole, like a little step at a time. Yeah. You know, well, I mean. you know what what's cool about it is that you know the the top 50 list just came out in Texas for Texas Monthly. Yeah. And there's so many surprises out there because there's all of this new school barbecue, right? And you have people in the top 10 like Leroy and Lewis that are doing this crazy cool stuff and hell we have that out here in california it's so awesome to have yeah. people like you and and danny at heritage and, and his crew and ace barbecue doing so much cool shit too <laughs> you know it's and it's like we 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 are up you know we're we're up there doing all the same kind of stuff not the same kind of stuff but um also being as creative or more than some of the folks out there so it's pretty awesome to to live in this environment and have folks like you guys. You mentioned a whole lot of things um, about the menu. I wanted to talk a little bit of kind of uh, of your, um, and I guess there's not really a traditional menu, but there's a, a menu that you guys kind of um, uh, are using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about your menu and kind of the side side items that you have, because I know you have, a, you have a bunch of, especially a dessert out there, right, that we need to talk about. I, w- I wish my wife was home because, like, I love razzing about it. I, like, once we get to that, there's, there's a funny story behind all that banana <laughs> shit, which is hilarious. But, yeah, man, so the minis have kind of, like, taken on their own, like, life form, you know. And not just because, in the, no bullshit, in the beginning, obviously I knew I was going to have to do traditional barbecue because that's what, like, like I said, like, so kind of, like, hooks people in. That's kind of what, like, gets them to trust you to eat cooler food and like different food right and so we did the same menu for the first like you know like like month like three or four cooks um and like one of the first weekends that we started doing weird stuff i like i just looked at anna i was like i'm like we've only been doing this a month and i'm already bored like i can't just keep doing the six same things over and over and over again because it was just it was just like your regular stuff like potato salad coleslaw like low food costs, you know, high profit, easy to make, easy to batch, you know, mm-hmm. uh, brisket, chicken. Um, yeah, so we, I kind of was just like, we just need to start doing cooler stuff. And so like that first weird weekend, 
we re-schemed our entire menu, how it looked, how it felt, how it printed. And then I threw, you know, a curry on there and I threw, and I did it with beef cheek and, and, you know, just stuff that I really had a lot of passion for and like stuff that I was excited to sell and like, like, you know, food, what else was on that menu? Just like coconut fried rice. And like, there's some stuff that I was really just like, man, this one, like, dude, if I saw this menu, I fucking did, I would kill for it. And it was literally like our lowest sales since we had started. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, bro, like, I'm gonna be that dude who's just making Britain once again. Sorry, shout out to like all the old boys and stuff, but like, like brisket will always have my heart. But I'm like, I'm gonna be stuck making brisket for the rest of my life, and like, there's just so much more stuff that could be done through the eyes of like barbecue. And so we kind of like took a step back, and I tell you what, man, that first weekend we did tacos people went effing crazy and like <laughs> we did a different way too where we made our own tortillas and and i had no clue how to make tortillas but google's a great help i have a couple taco cook cookbooks and people people always are kind of like how do you you know how do you like how do you have so many like facets and how many how do you do so many different music i'm like bro like just go on google just like just google it and I sometimes forget that I have on top of like my year and a half of barbecue, I also have a, a decade of working with all different types of food with, you know, everything from sushi to banquets to hamburgers to, to pastas, you know, like Hyatt was a great breeding ground for just a collection of skill sets, you know, so I, I know how to batch thanks to Chicago. I know Asian food thanks to Japan and San Diego. I know how to do, you know, coastal new california because of monterey i know how to do you know fried chicken because of kentucky so it's just like i take all these experiences and i take all these places that i've worked and i try to like roll them into a ball and just like use it to bridge a gap between barbecue and all these different cultures all these different flavors all these different people who i've met in my career who have taught me that i kind of want to give back to people you know um yeah that was a very far long way around to like my menus, but there's like little <laughs> stuff like there was this dude that taught me how to make fried chicken in Kentucky, right? He's a 75 year old black man who worked the cafeteria and he gave me his fried chicken recipe. We put it on the menu. It became a staple. We took it to a fried chicken competition. We won two years back to back in Kentucky, in Louisville against a lot of like mainstay um, fried chicken joints. And people were like, how the hell is this like hotel walking out with like gold? And so to this day, I still put Melvin Mallory's famous fried chicken whenever I make fried chicken because I feel like I owe it to him because he gifted me with that recipe. Like, I, I didn't ask. Oh, dang, now I need to go out there and get your fried chicken, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, something, it's something I never asked for. something that I never, you know, it was something that was, it was something that was given to me. You, you, you got to respect it. And so... You know, like it, it means a lot to me to like pe for people to know where these dishes come from and where the inspiration comes from. And and honestly, it, for the first time in my life, it's like the first time I can explain it to people where it comes from. You know what I mean? And explain to people why my food is the way it is, why I cook the way I do, why I, you know, because just like a, like not to sound corny, but just like a painter or like a, a writer or anything like my food is a way for me to express myself and like doing that through the eye like through the lens of barbecue is so much more because it's just so much more you know like we talked about being like being feral you know it's just it's just it's just so much more rudimentary where i literally could walk in to any kitchen in the hyatt country and whip on a gas stove and, and it's there with barbecue you have to build a fire you have to baby the fire no one ever taught me how to manage a fire no one even taught never no one ever taught me how to like trim brisket i just read a lot you know, and so like I try to take all these different like aspects and just like build them out into the menus. And now we've kind of hit like a uh, like a comfortable spot. So like we have a rotation. Like ramen's always a big seller. Um, fried chicken's always a big seller. I don't know what the I don't know how the Smash Burgers became this like entity, but they are now. Um, brisket's <laughs> always good, even though I I always think it could be better. It's something I'm always trying to improve. It's something I'm always trying to like work on um yeah man it's just and and when we started rolling out these weird menus like i really promised myself that one i wasn't gonna let up and i wasn't going to settle or become stagnant 
And two, I was going to always cook the food that that I wanted to cook, you know, mm-hmm. like food that, that I want to eat, food that my wife wants to eat, food that, you know, can really, I don't want to sound lame and like say like change people's lives, but like I really like the, like the reaction you had about the curry bowls, like that's the kind of yeah. shit as a chef that I like live for like that stuff puts like a rocket in my pocket where yeah the money's great yeah the, the recognition is great but like when people are like this is some of the best food I've ever had it, it blows my mind because I always think it's shit I, I think I think it could always be better I think every meal that I put out is is damn near trash because I just I just want to be the best at what I do without sac- sacrificing like authenticity love it love yeah. it yeah, that's yeah. A tangent, but no, that's dude, that's you know, somebody on the other side of the table, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can taste the passion and I've I you know, I'm really good friends with with Brett uh Brett Boren from uh, Brett's Backyard Barbecue. Yeah, man. And I remember us having conversations way before he opened his restaurant and and talking to him about that, you know, like god dang, dude, you can sit down and you can like the hard work, the, you know, all, all the love that they put into the food, like you can taste it, like in, in, and places that don't, you can definitely not taste it, you know, you, you know, when it's whatever, hundred percent, you can always taste it. So that's something I believe in very closely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird. Like, I'm not gonna lie. It's weird having you know, my name and like, and not just like our company and not just like, you know, our quote unquote restaurant or quote unquote pop up or, or, you know, we just call it the barbecue business because we don't, mm-hmm. we still don't know what we are, but like for our names to come up in conversations with, you know, Heritage and Danny and like Andrew, Andrew and Moosecraft, it's like, it, it's, it's almost like, it, it gives me like butterflies, you know what I mean? Like, it, like, it, like, it makes me feel like, yeah, I'm because I'm just so new to barbecue, though. Mm-hmm. But people wouldn't be saying that kind of thing if it wasn't true. You know, so I always try to keep that like balance in my head where I'm very, like I said, like barbecue couldn't be a more perfect, um, not category, but like, like type of cuisine. Like barbecue cuisine fits my mentality and like my work ethic and like, my attention to detail and my obsession perfectly because just like building plates with foams and gelées and you know sous vide pork chops and all foams and tweezers and all that all that good stuff it's it's the same attention to de- detail like making sure the fire is built making making sure you're trimming properly making sure you're seasoning properly making sure that like you're not pumping acrid smoke, making sure that you're spraying correctly, make sure you're you're wrapping, make sure you're like, you know, it's like, there's just like, there's so much more that goes into barbecue than I, dude, I could have ever imagined. And the more deeper I get into it, the more, the more, like, the more I realize it can always be better because there's always something you could tweak because there's so many like moving components and there's just so many different like things that could, because I'll tell you right now, man, I've had some gnarly grease fires. I'll tell you right now, I've, I've used some pretty shitty wood. um so it's like it's 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 just trying to constantly be better Mm -hmm. like every cook every day and like the menus are like evolving all the time and like we just we just want to cook food that like makes us happy but yeah it it, it just gives me a chance to like really express myself as a chef and you know and like i said we started doing these sunday every other sunday cooks and the first sunday we did them it was literally because I'd made too many buns and like we had some brisket left over and like I was just like we have to go in deep clean anyways and I, I made a list for me and my one employee and I was like we got to you know we got to clean the like deep clean the fryers we got to pull all the you know the stainless steel tables out we got to scrub them down like today's like deep cleaning it was the first Sunday we were in our spot and uh had this big old list drawn up dude I tell you what we opened up at one we never got to that list <laughs> it, oh. it was like and it blew my mind too, because like I didn't think anyone was gonna show up. And you know, it like 12:45, there's like four people out there. And then all of a sudden at like 1:10, our our rail's full. I'm trying to work like 16 sandwiches and make 
you know, 12 bowls of curry. And like, it's it just, it was crazy, man. It was, it was wild. And it was, it's stuff like that because the pre-orders carry us so hard. The walk-up services, of course, what everyone always wants to get to, like what Moosecraft does, what Heritage does. Um, Cause that's the, that's the dream, right? Mm-hmm. And that, God bless those two guys because any business advice or any like questions I've ever had about financials or about like, just like, like, dude, cause opening up a barbecue restaurant is completely different than opening up a regular restaurant the Mm -hmm. permitting the the missions is wild like all this stuff is just like stuff you have to think about that like you would never think about opening up even a michelin star restaurant you know Mm -hmm. so sometimes barbecue is a little bit more intense and a little bit more like grappling than than you know fine dining is yeah absolutely well man i i really really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me i again this is something that uh i wanted to do for quite a while great story by the way i uh i wish you and your your small family that you have right now yeah. um i i can't wait to see what the rest of the story is man because you guys are on a on a great trajectory right now and uh yeah man keep crushing it dude yeah keep dude. Crushing it. definitely appreciate it and well, I mean, everyone keeps asking, like, what's the next step for Zeph? What's the next step for and like I do I don't I don't know. Like we're still half foot in, half foot out in a pandemic. The culinary industry is still decimated. Like I just finally recently got a Cisco account so I can get deliveries, <laughs> which is like two years ago would just be like like the norm. And now it's like finding water in a in a in a desert, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I we we'll see. I don't know if we're gonna stay stay and see me. LA is getting a little crowded, you know, not crowded, but, and it's just expensive down there and mm-hmm. being out here in the Valley and, and out in Simi Valley, there's really not like any other Texas style barbecue. So we kind of like stay in our lane and kind of do our own thing. Um, we are still in Simi where we try to serve every Saturday and just get things going, man. So one question I like to ask all of my, all of my guests before I, I sign off is, so so tell us something about you that most people don't know. Um I don't know, man. Um a lot of people don't know that I started in baking and pastry before I got into cooking. Oh, really? Yeah, I want I wanted to be a pastry chef. I want I wanted to do chocolate and I wanted I did I shit you not. And even saying it out loud now I'm like Wow, we've come a long way in, in in twelve years. Like things are a lot different now. Um, but yeah, dude, I wanted to make cakes and I wanted to make uh, like I wanted to do fondant. I wanted to mold chocolate and I wanted to pull sugar. Like I like I really really like. Um, I guess that kind of leads into what a lot of people don't know is like I'm really into art, like classical art, like Renaissance and um, kind of like the Monet area. I don't know shit about it, but when we lived in Chicago, I started frequenting the art institute and absolutely fell in love with just like going and like smoking a joint before and putting on your headphones and just like staring at these paintings that were made 200, 300 years ago. And then like going and seeing the sculptures that were made thousands of years ago. So like the artistic part of it was always in me, but I I just didn't have what it took to, I didn't have that like artistic grasp, you know? So I turned to hot food and that's where, like I said before, like that's where like I kind of express myself now. Can't draw, can't sing, can't, I've never played an instrument, um, have no creativity in my body except when it comes to food. That's <laughs> love it. it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So um, where can folks find you on social media and if they want to order some uh, some Zeph barbecue, how can they find you? Hell yeah. So we've tightened this up really well because it used to be so many different things. But, like, you can find us on Instagram at Zef underscore Hawaiian, Z-E-F underscore H-A-W-A-I-I-A-N. That's where we post our menus. That's where we post all of my conspiracy reptilians run the government stuff. Um, I post a lot of memes because they bring me joy. And it's the modern philosophical movement. But you can order through Talk, Explore Talk forward slash Zep barbecue menus normally go live on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Um, for the following Saturday pickup right now we're currently serving every other Sunday and just doing weird stuff and like 
I really want to nail down like doing a hot dog. We've done, you know, we did fried chicken this last weekend. We did ramen the last Sunday fun day. Um, Sundays are like for like the boys, you know, we, we, we go in and we kind of look at the product we have and I, and we just do, we start, just start making good food, you know? And are you guys doing uh Christmas uh, meals or anything like that? Yeah. So, so right now, depending on when this is published, um, we might be sold out by the time this comes out, but we will be doing a Christmas menu. I don't know if we're going to be serving on Christmas or the day before or the 23rd, like take and reheat, but definitely look out for Christmas menu. We're still doing menus every weekend. And if you see the menus, it could either be, you know, Dune, it could be Dragon Ball Z, it could be Star Wars, it could be um, anime, it could be video games. <laughs> um, the menus have like taken on a life of their own, truly. And my buddy makes them. So we just, we like to keep it weird here at Zep Barbecue. Those are so cool, by the way. Thanks, man. Definitely. Oh, man, thanks again. I, I really do appreciate it. I, and I need to get back out there again. I need to get back out there again. So I'll I'll stay in touch and I'll uh, yeah, I'll set up some time to get back out there because uh, you're doing some awesome things out there. Bro, you know you always have a spot at our table. Don't even pretend <laughs> like you don't. <laughs> I know, buddy. I know. I appreciate it. If I don't get to talk to you over the holidays, have a great holiday season here and uh, all the best to you, the family. Yeah, man. You too. Once again, right. thanks for doing this and like thanks for keeping the the barbecue community going, man. Like I told you, like people who do these kind of stuff is definitely a passion project. So we all thank you. I appreciate it. Buddy. Thanks for tuning in to the iCrush Barbecue Show. If you like this show, please let us know by leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever app you use to tune into the show. Make sure you subscribe to get all past and future episodes and share with your friends. Remember to follow us on your favorite social media platform at Show. And check out our website at iCrushBBQShow.com to grab some merch. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cube.